0: In the late 18th century, a young, broke political refugee fled his tiny island home and made his way to France. There, he would learn the art of war, would experience revolution, would lead French armies to military glory. And after that, he would become emperor of the entire country. In this episode of HPH, we're telling you all about his youth, early successes, and rise to power. Oh, and of course, we're going to talk all about his love life failures and how hard he got cucked. Grab a drink and settle in for the exciting series opener that is this episode of 100 Proof History titled Napoleon Bonaparte Part 1 General in the Streets, Incell in the Sheets This is 100 Proof History We're drinking whiskey and talking history So, grab a drink, sit back, relax and enjoy a few
1: laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other
0: here are your hosts, Chris and Greg.
1: Welcome in, ladies. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess you dudes are cool too, whenever. <laughs> really. <laughs> really, it's the dudes.
0: <laughs> that was just a, a front. Just acting all coy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Playing hard to get. Mm. This week, uh,
1: as Chris said, we're talking about Napoleon, and I'm excited. It's going to be the next couple
0: weeks. Few weeks. I don't yeah, know. It's about a three parter. It's a you know, it's a long story. It's there's a lot involved in this guy's life. So we're gonna do it right. Once in our goddamn lives, we're gonna get something right. This better be it. It's a lofty goal. <laughs> it is. Oh, Gregory, how you doing? You Doing good. I'm doing. I'm. I'm well, man. I'm doing good. well. What about you? Uh, borderline suicidal. But we'll see how this episode goes. You know, push me one way or the other. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just. Uh... I was just at your birthday party, and you seemed uh, in good spirits. Yeah, but I was giving away all my shit. I you know. I was talking about you know when <laughs> God. when I'm gone, what are you guys going to do without me? And you're like, oh yeah, we'll we'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> well, that fucking sealed the deal right there. Okay. <laughs> that is not an appropriate thing to joke about. Greg. Greg handed me a box with a bow on it to open it up, and it's it's just one solitary bullet. And a note that says, you know what to do. like, okay, well, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the support, buddy. No, I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm excited about this story. Uh, I didn't know a lot about Napoleon before I started researching this. And I hate myself for not knowing more because this is such a cool story. So, looking forward to it. It's one of those topics where I thought I knew a
1: good amount. Mm -hmm. Enough to feel educated on the topic. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Same you here. You know? Well, no, it's I didn't just, know. Anything, I, but... I knew a very cursory knowledge of it, but um, there's, there's so much to the story. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's a reason this guy's brought
0: up time and time again all these years later. Yeah, I knew so little about this story that I actually thought we were talking about that three flavored ice cream. And i like, fucking finally. Can't believe it took us that long to get here, but. Then you're like, no, dude, the French Emperor and I had to scramble a little bit, you know. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of pissed off that you beat me to the
1: Neapolitan ice cream <laughs> joke.
0: <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there goes this one joke for the entire episode. Oh, That's joke page. It's gone. <laughs> uh, Chris, why don't you tell the people about our sources? Well, we had two different books. We did our own research this week, so we're going to be fighting the whole show. Uh my book was Napoleon, a life by Andrew Roberts, and your book was Napoleon by some J. Guy. Christopher J. Christopher Harold. J. Christopher Harold. He's got three first names. Oh shit, Andrew Roberts has two first names. Never mind, they're both idiots. That's a prerequisite for covering Napoleon is uh, just guess, that first, a first name for every <laughs> name. Yeah. And that's why you'll find me under phone book under Steve comma Chris. Oh, Chris Steve. And I am Craig comma Greg. <laughs> I like it. I like Greg Craig.
1: I hate every joke that we've made so far, so I do too. <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> let's
0: just go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, you know what? Let's just press on. Let's just, you know, we, we like to waste time at the beginning of these things with interesting facts and stuff we find, but let's just go ahead and get started with the story. This is a long story. Let's just dive in. Yes, we waste time with facts, not dumb bits. (laughs) Right? No. Real things. We never do dumb bits. From real history. You ready to go? You ready for this shit? Are you fucking ready? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, let's go. I'm pumped. All right, let's do it. Can we take a break real quick before we get started? Go ahead. No, just fucking with (laughs) me. Oh. (laughs) Napoleon de Bonaparte was born on the small island of Corsica on August 15th, 1769. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice year. That's when I got my first real six-string, that, that summer. In summer of 69? <laughs> yes, 1769. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, he Corsica was basically, it wasn't actually an Italian island or a Genoese island, but by modern standards, everyone who lived on it was pretty much Italian, so he had the name Napoleona de Bonaparte, which, uh, his last name means good parts, Greg. Well, he has a good part that's in
1: a private collection. Is these it? Days. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the guy that did his autopsy, which, ah, shit. He died Spoiler alert. Oh. Uh, All right, uh, we'll see you next week. The guy born in 1769 is dead. I'm I'm sorry for the spoilers, but um, the guy that did the autopsy was not too favorable to him. Mm Kind of maybe desecrated the body or whatever. But penis
0: and sold inch and a half. No shit. Yeah, inch and a half. No way. Yeah, Yeah, that. Well, I mean, it's you know not erect. What?
1: What are you rocking down there, flaccid,
0: bitch? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me! Well, flaccid is a nice place to keep my change for the day. and just pop it in that little slot. But, you know, when I get aroused, the coins pop out like one of those God. old slot machines. Or like if you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog and you hit, like, <laughs> yes. one of the bad guys. Just coins yes. flying everywhere. It's the same noise and kind of the same thing, because if you touch it again, I'll die. So... Uh, well, once in a since two <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon would later write that his mother started feeling labor pains and barely had time to get through her front door before she pooped the future emperor out on the rug. His parents weren't exactly lovebirds. Their marriage had been arranged, and it's believed his dad Carlo was in love with someone else when they got married. His name was Ted. It was Mario. It's a me. That's what he said at the marriage. Does anyone object no. to the <laughs> No. We cannot have this. I'm in love with a Sega Genesis character named
1: Sonic. We cannot cross platforms. I will not go into the Nintendo
0: world. It was, it was a different time, Chris. It was, it was. Yeah. They had different standards. It's understandable. But that arranged marriage did allow for the family to be fairly well off. And that made his dad an important figure on the island and when he decided to campaign for Corsica to be a part of France, the French rewarded him by allowing his family to claim noble heritage. Because of this membership in the noblesse, in 1779, little tiny nine-year-old Napoleon was able to be shipped off to France to get his schooling done at the Royal Military School of Brionne-le-Château. Best guess. His heritage and his general attitude and mannerisms made him wildly unpopular, So he mostly kept to himself and became a voracious student of history, and he was especially interested in the stories of Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great. Yeah, in little known fact, there's a legend that Napoleon put together and led a
1: 15-day snowball fight at school, which involved him attacking and defending ice forts. You know, it's all bullshit because no one liked him, and a rigid military school wouldn't allow such a thing to happen in the first place, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, it's a fun story, right? You know, rolling barrage of, you know, snowball artillery,
0: defending from a central position. Yep. Brutally massacring anybody who, you know, opposed him. Just like, murdering several children. Did an ice guillotine. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Classic. Yeah. And he has,
1: you know, small penis.
0: (laughs) Even smaller because it's so cold outside. Well, not because he was a child yeah, oh, no, no, no. Just in general, as a human, he had a small penis. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, my brother growing up, that dude was, he was hanging dong <laughs> as, a, as a kid. <laughs> you know, I just mean because it's Napoleon.
0: For like- Not child Napoleon. In for the like cold. six years, they thought he had scoliosis. Turns out he just couldn't lift that thing so he, you know, developed the proper back strength. <laughs> <laughs> just got to curl that dick, get some big ass <laughs> biceps. <laughs> In September of 1784, Napoleon graduated from Brienne, and moved on to the prestigious École Royale Militaire in Paris. He had initially thought about joining the navy, but his mom said that that was a bad idea because it was dangerous. You'd have to sleep in a hammock, which is every parent's nightmare for their child. And she thought he should try out for the varsity artillery team instead. Go be a cool kid. Everybody loves you. You're the. You're so handsome. You know, you know, you're just the coolest kid at school. Everybody loves you. You can do it. You can do it. Why don't you run for class president, too? Like, Mom, I don't know. They they really don't like me. They don't include me in any of their, you know, their events. They, I never go to anything. I just think about buying a black trench coat and a bunch of guns, you know? and oh, Just no. kind of soft.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I <laughs> know. And... You know, me and my friends were talking. Uh, what friends, honey? Well, you know, my best friends, Eddie Carey and Dylan Clébeau. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know. We just had some ideas. <laughs> Call them on.
0: Yeah, there it is. Oh, <laughs> now they can back it up 30 seconds and laugh. They're like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> It is interesting here how similar already his life is to our buddy, our pal, George Washington's. Because George wanted to join the Navy, and his mom said, don't fucking do that. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. It'll be a waste of your life. And that's kind of the same thing with Napoleon. He's like, I'm going to be a seaman. Mom's like, oh, not with that one-incher. No, you're not. (laughs) You already were seaman, and then you became a man, and now you
1: want to go back to seaman? I feel like you need to progress in your life, not regress.
0: (laughs) Also, in a hammock? No, come on. Come on. Oh, you can't get in a hammock. Look at you. Little tiny. That thing will swallow you up. You'll never get out. You'll die in that fucking hammock. You'll come out a
1: fucking butterfly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Caterpillar-looking-ass bitch. (laughs) Love you too, Mommy. Well, this time, artillery officers were the elite members of the military, with only 14 people out of a class of 200 gaining entrance to the program. So it's kind of impressive that Napoleon actually got this gig. Well, when he was 15, his dad, Carlo, up and died from stomach cancer. Because of the structure of military school, Napoleon had seen his dad only twice in six years. <laughs> okay, clean motherfucker. Lucky. I hadn't seen my dad in like 25 years. <laughs> okay. They're <laughs> like, oh, I need my daddy. What a little bitch. Come oh, on. All no, right, gosh. Someday he'll come back with those cigarettes and we'll smoke them together. <laughs> Carlo's, doctor, Carlo's doctor had told him to eat pears to cure his stomach problems. When Napoleon heard this, he gained an instant, lifelong distrust of doctors and also gained the belief that he would also die young, so he going to live fast and leave a pretty corpse. His dad's death also put the family into debt, which forced Napoleon to finish his two-year military school in one year. Graduating in 1785. Ooh. Yeah. He's going to pledge for fraternities or something? Like, that was always an option that you can graduate in one year. He's like, nah, I'll take my fucking time. You know, just slow, slow more roll. Mr. big shot over here. Yeah. That's the kid that graduates high school at 17. Gets the college degree at, like, 20. And is, like, totally unprepared for adult life. And then, you know, no one wants to hire him because they're so young. And they start doing math and... Tricking themselves out. And then you know their life falls apart, but they find Start someone who li- history podcast. Damn it, that's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> I was gonna take a lot longer to get there too. <laughs> I guess I probably ruined the joke, I'm sorry. It wasn't no, it wasn't gonna land. It's the delayed flight that has to circle the city for three hours and everybody just gets anxious and wants to kill each other. That's what would happen with that joke. So you, you just you lands
1: didn't. in a field in the middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh shit.
0: <laughs> That's over the line. That offends me. It offends me
1: too, Chris. <laughs> it offends me too. Because we're both proud America first.
0: to be oh, American. God. Oh, no. At least we know we're free. I don't forget the passengers of that plane that died. They gave that right to me. God. (laughs) Let's roll. Moving on. (laughs) Please. When he was 17, Napoleon started to question religion. and He decided that if there was a god, he had created man and earth, you know, like a third grade science project, and had long since stashed it under his bed. Was equally abandoned, Furby. They probably both had the same amount of semen on them—the diorama (laughs) and Furby. I mean, God, semen. Next to his crumpled up black sock that he tells his mom never to wash, don't 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 even touch it. God's mob. Is that like Helen Mirren?
1: (laughs) His dad's Betty White. (laughs) Wait, how does this work? Bitch I'm God <laughs> it doesn't I
0: make it work Well the driving force Behind this decision was Napoleon's love For ancient leaders and he didn't like The idea that they were burning in hell Because they lived before Jesus They were burning in hell For all the horrible shit they did All the villages and cities They massacred because they dared oppose them That's why they're burning in hell But also the Jesus thing they couldn't ask oh, for yeah, forgiveness also, uh, For all those things Alexander now never got his deathbed confession to Jesus. He's like, yeah, right. I feel yeah, pretty good about hell. this. <laughs> I don't think anything bad's going to happen to me. It was also around this time that Napoleon got his V-card punched by a Parisian prostitute. My source was a little kinder.
1: Yeah? Uh, to this. Called her a streetwalker. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you got to read between the lines of my source. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, it's a little too kind. Well, even my source was like, yeah, he hired her and they're hanging out and he's just kind of like talking to her and like having a nice conversation. He's like, well, I guess I paid for it. Might as well do this thing. Like He was reluctant to actually do it. Like he wasn't super thrilled about the idea. But, you know, once you pay a girl, she can't laugh at your penis. She has to wait till it's over and she's already got the money in her pocket. That That's smart business. Mm, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You've never had to experience that shame. She's dying laughing and wiping her tears away with the money you just gave her.
1: Well, you know, it's like your first time at a truck stop bathroom. You're not happy about Mm -hmm. it, you know, and there's this veiled sense of shame and dishonor. Yeah. But man, you've never had a a night's sleep so good
0: that evening. (laughs) Just like a fucking baby. (laughs) <laughs> just all snuggled up in his big hairy arms I mean when you leave the truck stop and you go oh, home you're no, you leave. at first but then it's <laughs> like there's something cathartic about it you leave you, know? you don't tell your wife you're you're going on another business trip <laughs> okay I understand <laughs> John why is there cum on your mustache oh it's nothing but <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, that's toothpaste that's toothpaste let me just Reach up there with my tongue and get that out of there,
1: John. You've been savoring that toothpaste for the last <laughs> ten minutes. You want to say hi to the kids? <laughs> I've
0: never heard of the toothpaste brand of Rodrigo, but you keep saying that name, so I'm guessing that's what that is.
1: <laughs> well, that's not exactly the name, but it's tangentially related. A <laughs> <The> Cuban boy, <laughs> <His> tangential statement. <laughs>
0: They know. They know our shame. You don't have to explain it to these idiots. Yeah, there might be, you know, a new listener. No, they're gone. I think we, I think <laughs> we occasionally left. get a new <laughs> they, one. They left. They're gone. <laughs> First ten minutes, they're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. We didn't even have a bit to drive them away this time. They just, oh well, fuck, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm out. Over the next few years, Napoleon served in the French military and spent most of his money buying books and most of his time writing pretty crappy fiction hoping someday to be an author he also constantly took sick leave from the military often for months at a time and would give them fake documents to cover for himself and who hasn't been there right greg i'm gonna i'm gonna need a doctor's note
1: here you go uh this is from an obgyn <laughs> And your point, sir? <laughs> well I mean you're uh you're a man. Uh you ever heard of HIPAA? Or <laughs> or no? You don't know you're familiar with that?
0: <laughs> Carry on. Also, it's written on a Burger King wrapper? That seems highly unorthodox. <laughs> There's also cum on your mustache. <laughs> Toothpaste, (laughs) goddammit. It's (laughs) toothpaste. In 1789, the French Revolution began. But at the time, Napoleon believed it wouldn't last for more than a month. His estimation came up a little short. (laughs) (laughs) You old dog. He was five foot seven. Leave him alone. (laughs) Fucking English. Bunch of dicks. Dicks. I mean, he had a tiny penis, so I guess we could still use it for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we're on the subject, uh, what better time to address it than now? A lot of people think that he was short because he was constantly, like, all the paintings of him. Mm -hmm. He had his, like, French guard in the background. And those dudes were all, like, six feet fucking tall. Right. They were that way for a reason. They were – that was exceptional. And so he's constantly painted as short. Even though he – wasn't necessarily short
0: yeah I've kind of experienced the same thing in my life like all the guys that I meet they're like can you please when you come over not wear your heels because it makes me feel tiny like when we take a selfie together and I prove to my parents that I'm straight because you you've put on the concealer and hide your Adam's apple they're like it makes me look short so could you just wear some flats I'm like I guess I'll go shopping again just tell my wife you know guess I'll just wear my jellies yeah Doing calf exercises are fucking nothing, I guess. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Napoleon helped arrest some rioters in July of 1789, but then in August was granted yet another sick leave, and he went home to help his mom and family deal with some debt issues. Napoleon believed in the ideals behind the revolution, so he began to attempt to spread it to Corsica. This pissed off Corsican statesman and leader of the Corsican independence movement, Pasquale Paoli, And the two became bitter rivals. this sucked for Napoleon because he was trying to write a book on Corsican history. But Paoli controlled access to all the documents. So once again, Napoleon failed to become an author.
1: Yeah, and little known fact, a little later, Napoleon would enter an essay contest, which asked, what are the most important truths and feelings for men to learn to be happy? Which, uh fucking drop a message in the comments if you know this <laughs> right.
0: one. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: uh, the judges said his entry was, quote, too badly written to hold the reader's attention. End quote. Napoleon would later lie about this essay and say he never bothered to submit an entry.
0: Classic. Classic. I didn't, I didn't even fucking try. What are you talking about? I didn't, uh, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't write, I didn't write that. Uh, somebody else most wrote that. Yeah, it's, uh, What are the most important truths and feelings for men to learn to be happy? And it's, if there was a God and he hated homosexuals, why do he put the cum button inside their ass? And everybody's like... Unbelievable. (laughs) I can't
1: believe you just said that. (laughs) The cum button. I
0: feel like there's been a lot of cum talk the last two episodes. I'm sexually frustrated. I'm just thinking... (laughs) It's like when I was young and I was super broken, I saw an Arby's billboard and I was like, man, I really want some fucking Arby's. Now I'm like, I haven't had sex in six months. Man, I really want some, you know, yeah, never mind. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's press on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By late 1791, Napoleon had been in the military for 69 months and he had spent at least 35 of them on sick leave. He then rejoined his unit, and once again, he immediately said he needed to go home for four months. They told him, all right, mister, enough's enough. If you're not back by January 1792, good whiskey. Oh, yeah, it's a good whiskey. But no, they they meant the year, Greg, not the whiskey. Oh. Yeah. If you're not back by January of 1792, you're a deserter. Yeah, lay down the fucking law, France. Show that guy who's missed, uh, you know, just a scant 35 months of his entire career to sick leave. It's fine. He's a nobody, you know? Yeah, he'll never amount to anything. It's fine. Just exactly.
1: Working. That's what our parents told us, and look at us now. <laughs> look at us now. <laughs> two listeners, y'all can tell our parents to fuck off. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: All two of our listeners. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the email in the show description for our parents. You know, it's fine. No one else is going to see it but you guys, so they'll be fine. They'll get those two emails and just delete them and move along with their day. Just like every time I call them or text, them, asking for money. Like, not again, jackass. Ignore. Yeah.
1: My parents, uh, they changed my name in their phone to Scam Likely.
0: <laughs> Still has your picture, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Cor- you crying with a shot in one hand and a revolver to your head in the other. And they're like, oh, is this, damn this what you want? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that was the last thing they ever said to me. <laughs> well, Napoleon returned home just in time to have a rich uncle die and relieve all of his monetary woes. This allowed him to win an election, making him the adjutant lieutenant general for the Corsican National Guard. It also helped, the, you know, he bribed the shit out of everyone and kidnapped one of the election observers the day of the election. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. That might have influenced it a little bit. Yeah, okay, it's just a little voter fraud. Nobody gives a shit about that. It's not like he, he called up the nation of Georgia and said, I need 11,000 more votes. You know, can you find me 11,000 more votes, someone? <laughs> Oh, that would never happen these days. Nope, never would happen. Napoleon skipped his January deadline in the army and stayed in Corsica, officially being declared a deserter of the French military. Get it, guys? He he surrendered from the French military, which surrenders all the time, so he's like a double surrenderer, right? Right? <laughs> you know, Right. <laughs> I mean, he's just going to lead the French military to a bunch of victories, but we're going to pretend like that never happens, and they always (laughs) surrender. (laughs) In early February, he attempted to launch a coup and capture the Corsican Citadel for the revolution, but his attacks were repelled, and a French general wrote him up for treason. Now he was a pariah in Corsica, so he booked it back to France, where they immediately made him a captain and gave him a year of back pay. (laughs) Eh, hey, treason, and left f whatever, here's a promotion. Easy peasy. It's like office space. It's fucking office space. The first part that's good before you get to the, the scam, where he doesn't show up to work and he keeps getting promoted and shit. Mm-hmm. He meets with the, the French bobs, lay bobs, straightens them all out, gets his promotion, bangs Jennifer Aniston in her young hot days before she had the botched surgeries. Living the Napoleon dream. That's what this guy was doing. My parents sent me to a summer camp to quote-unquote straighten me
1: out. Yeah? Didn't work. <laughs> A lot of religious talk.
0: Yeah. I don't know. A lot of electroconvulsive therapy that didn't mm-hmm, take. Mm-hmm. I forgot who my parents were, but I still love penis, so... Right. When, win, right. you know? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I was trying to thinly veil something. <laughs> I did take an interest to the camp counselor, though. Yeah. And I still send pictures back and forth.
0: Oh, like nature and stuff. We you know, on iPhone you can
1: send the picture and then you have to like it's uh it's kind of hidden and you have mm-hmm. to rub your finger over it to reveal it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's that. Oh. I'll send pictures of my penis. I'll send a picture oh, of his God. wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an interesting <laughs> dichotomy. You
0: know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, it turns out Austria and Prussia were getting ready to attack France, and so they needed everyone they could get, and that's why they promoted Napoleon as soon as he got back. Like, oh, thank, thank God you're here. We, we need your help. On February 1st, 1793, France declared war on Britain and Holland which prompted Spain, Portugal, and the Kingdom of Piedmont in Italy to declare war on France. Napoleon was then given command of an artillery section that was sent to liberate three islands from the Kingdom of Piedmont. Uh, it turns out, they didn't want to be fucking liberated. You know, getting the Pop-Tarts and Happy Notes dropped on them from the air, and they're like, whatever, we don't need this shit. We didn't ask for this. You know. This is bullshit just ruined my fucking life. Just create a power vacuum that's going to exist for the next 20 years. to forget that all this was supposed to be about WMDs, you know? We're just going to move on with our lives, I guess. on, oh, man. They hung Sodom and Iraq yep. was peaceful after that. Mission accomplished. Hang the banners. Well, since they do not want to be liberated, the infantry in another unit mutinied, and the whole attack fell apart. Napoleon was hot pissed that they had to retreat, but he did learn the importance of morale and proper supply lines. Two things that would come in handy later on. Over the following months, Napoleon began to see himself as less of a Corsican and more of a Frenchman. His old buddy Paoli had basically given the island to the Brits, and Napoleon had become good friends with our good friend, Maximilian Robespierre. Hmm, episode 35. Oh, you looked it up because I didn't actually do that very minimum amount of homework to nope, figure out. I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, Maximilian Robespierre, if you haven't listened to episode 35, fuck you. But if you haven't, <laughs> he was a leader of the Jacobin Revolutionary Party and the Public Safety Committee, which basically at this time was just lopping the heads off of anyone who didn't end any in every conversation with. Fuck the monarchy. <laughs> I don't know why they said Z like Germans, but I was wondering. I do my best. I do my
1: best. They played a lot of Street Fighter, too.
0: Playing the <laughs> it's all Zangief. <laughs> In June of 1793, Napoleon moved his family from Corsica, and he would only return to the island one more time for the rest of his life. It turns out he had taken yet another sick leave to help move his family. But once again, his desertion was ignored, and when he returned, he was promoted to major. A fucking shitty HR department in France, (laughs)
1: right? I really need to investigate
0: this sick leave abuse. Tell you, man, if I could just skip a few months from work and come back and get promoted, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I would do it. I would do it. (laughs) Yes, genius. What, what a unique comment from him. Wow, (laughs) what a strange take.
1: I was wondering. I was like, uh, he's walking me down a path, and then he just kind of ducked <laughs> off into the woods. It's like, let's take a walk. He holds my hand, walks me ten feet down the sidewalk, and he's like, well, we're here.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. Uh, this is nice. Thank Bet you, you didn't Russell. didn't see that coming. <laughs> come over to your house and take you outside to show the flowers in your own flower bed? <laughs> oh, ah, look at that! <laughs> well, the Brits had invaded the port city of Toulon, and the French needed someone to take over command of the artillery on their right flank. Napoleon came up with a plan, which involved taking a fort on a hill that overlooked the city, and then using his artillery to pummel the Brits from above. He immediately went to work setting up a supply line and took over a foundry and forced them to produce ammunition. do you learned those lessons, man. Like, hey, we need ammo. That's how you win a war. Yeah, good old ammo. That's what I said. <laughs> Amo. Uh, doing the best I can. Why you gotta be so mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> the attack on the fort began in mid-November of 1793. It took a few days for the French to capture it, but once they did, Napoleon's plan was put into action, and the artillery made quick work of the Brits, and that forced them to withdraw from the city. Napoleon led from the front, loading and firing cannons himself, and at one point, he was stabbed in the leg by an English gunner. And what an idiot. You're an English gunner, and you brought a fucking knife and stabbed a guy in the leg. Come on. Gun. Tucked himself.
1: Moron, Jesus. And little known fact, during the battle, Napoleon picked up the gloves of a dead artilleryman and tossed them on to help shove a bloody ramrod into a cannon. This is where he believed he contracted
0: scabies, an infection he would have to deal with until eighteen oh two. I also got a disease once shoving a bloody ramrod somewhere, but uh you know, we don't have time for that story. We'll just press on. That's nasty. I used to be in the artillery unit, Craig. What are you talking about? Nothing. (laughs) It was December of 1793. Up to that point, Napoleon had spent 48 of his 99 months in the military on leave. He had led an anti French coup in Corsica. He had been accused of being a deserter. But hey, he had come up with a winning battle plan, and France was in desperate need of leadership. So, at the age of 24, he was promoted to general. Can you imagine being a twenty four year old general? No. No, I can't. I, I when I was twenty four I was still trying to figure out how the toaster worked. Yeah. Like the, the magic inside of it. Uh huh. Yeah. And then came down from the meth and I thought I should start a history podcast. But I waited like fifteen more years to do it. Uh you know, I had to get my life together to get to this point. This sad sad. Point. I mean I'm still at the stage. It's like
1: You put the garbage on the corner, right, Mm -hmm. at the end of the driveway, and the next day it's gone. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, right? You can't explain that. (laughs) You can't explain that. So, I could not imagine at 24
0: being a general of an army. Strange times, indeed. That's my go-to. I don't have anything to say. (laughs) It's a history generic comment. (laughs) They were different times, Greg. They were were just different back then in France from you and me. I need a sound effect of a car running out of gas. (laughs) (laughs) Napoleon immediately began plans for invading Italy through the Kingdom of Piedmont. He went on a secret mission to Genoa to check out their fortifications and to encourage them to join forces with the French. This was incredibly good timing because while he was gone, the people of France decided they were tired of Robespierre's shit, and he was arrested and beheaded. Had Napoleon been in town on that day, he probably would have been killed too. He was arrested, and he was accused of pointing a cannon at the citizens of Versailles, but it turns out it was to defend the city, and he was soon released. It was around this time he was courting a sweet, 16-year-old mm. girl Oh. Named Desiree Clary. (laughs) And it's here that we first see how much he resembled the modern-day incel. He sent her a list of books to read because he wanted her to be smarter. In one letter, he told her that, quote, the most sensible of women loves the coldest of men, quote, wasn't true. And she surely didn't believe that. And that's basically... Yeah, you don't, you don't really want to get with those bad guys, those chads. You want to go with a nice guy like me. Mm-hmm. Old nice Napoleon. I'm so compact. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Put me in a trunk. I can join you on your
0: journeys. Come on! Yeah! I won't even break your hymen when we have sex, because I can't get that <laughs> Jesus. far. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. In 1795, Napoleon hopped on a ship in a French fleet and set sail to recapture Corsica. But the fleet was intercepted by the Brits, and they all had to turn back. After this, Napoleon was given no orders, and he was practically unemployed. They ordered him to attack a royalist uprising in Vendee, but he refused and said he was sick again. I'm worried dude about this dude hates guy. work. I'm so worried about him. He fucking all... hates work.
1: All it was that's taken the- was one competent HR department to stop this entire fucking thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is something you and I have talked about off air, but before Hitler, this is what everybody said. Like, uh, modern day, we say, like, oh, that's like Hitler. Yeah. Napoleon was that guy before yeah. Hitler. Everybody was like, this dictatorial bullshit or whatever, they would always point to Napoleon. Yeah. Now, there is a
0: stark contrast, and one did not try to commit genocide. Yeah, there's there's a big difference, but there there are similarities. And like you said, for damn near 130 years, it was, oh, look at literal Napoleon over here <laughs> yeah. arguing on the internet, you know? Godwin's Law would have been
1: something else <laughs> other than Hitler. Yeah. At this point
0: things with Desiree continue to fall apart despite Napoleon writing just romantic shit like, you know, uh, hey baby, I've seen a lot of chicks that, uh, I could have totally banged, but I didn't think about it, because none of them are as hot as your sweet ass. (laughs) Yeah. Nailed it. Two days after he wrote that letter, he wrote another saying, and this is actual, a quote from Napoleon, not, uh, what I just said, but, you know, that was paraphrasing. This is an actual quote. This is Napoleon, not chris Napoleon. Yeah. <sighs> Adored friend, I have received no more letters from you. How could you go 11 days without writing to me? <clears throat> Direct quote, but maybe Dur- some
1: uh, <laughs> l- uh, artistic license for stylization?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's exactly what Napoleon sounded like. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) You weren't there. (laughs) By July, the quote-unquote relationship was over. He wrote some fanfic where a brave military man that was exactly like Napoleon was cheated on by his young, sweet, clean girlfriend, and she just felt super shitty when he died in battle. And that's another Hitler comparison right there. It's because Hitler wanted to be an artist, but he sucked at it. Napoleon wanted to be an author so bad, but he also sucked butts at it. And so, what had happened? you know, if he'd just taken, like, one workshop? Can't be good at everything, you know? He would, yeah. In August of 1795, the military once again said, Okay, motherfucker, come back to work and bring your fake-as-fuck doctor's note with you. They assigned him to the intelligence division responsible for devising French strategy. Maybe they can fucking uh, divvy you out some. <laughs> and then, a couple months later, they moved him back to the artillery section so he could stop yet another rebellion. This time he jumped at the chance, unlike uh, Vindi, where he said, fuck you, I'm not doing it, and fired a bunch of Grapeshot into an unruly mob of civilians. If you guys don't remember, Grapeshot, we've discussed this before, is basically cannon shotgun as soon as it Fires. it just sends projectiles all throughout a crowd, just fucking slaughtering the hell out of them. Yeah, and I think this killed like a couple hundred people.
1: Yeah, you know, like his fellow countrymen. And It's like, oh, that's interesting. They're you know loyalists. Yeah. They, so yeah, they they, they definitely the wanted the monar- Yeah, they wanted the monarchy, but I mean, still, they're they're your countrymen. And it's like fuck. And this dude, yeah. you know. It, He kind of coasts on these laurels from what he did here, it's really fucked up.
0: Yeah, this, this made him a household name in Paris. He was a hero. In this rising star, it meant that he would soon get the invasion of Italy he had been planning for a year, and also he was about to meet the love of his life. A young woman named Josephine. And you know what? Feels like a good place to take a break. He's rising to power. He's about to meet a a woman who will never betray him,
1: you know, ever. The love
0: of his life, you know. ever. no bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Let's get some drinks. We'll come back. We'll tell the rest of this part of the story. And get you guys all excited for next week too. That's all I got. I'm just gonna peter out. I'm just gonna fade away. Fade away. See you guys later. Break music. All right, Gregory, we are back from break. And you know, there are times when we do this show, when you take a break and you're like, eh, not sure I was giving it my all. I'm not sure 100% that first half. We've done that before. We're like, hey, let's." we're talking about it during the break, and we just need to be a little bit more loose, lighten up a little bit more. So I have, as you can see on the video, I have done some extra preparing for this half. But maybe we should just go ahead and let the people know they need to get their cans out. They need to get Mm -hmm. their cans out Mm -hmm. for this very special Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer!
1: Second Half Seltzer! Second Half Seltzer!
0: Alright. Three, two, one. Pop yours. What about you? Well, listener... This video will be on the Instagram. I'm going to share that with you humans right now. But uh, I have a very special gift that a listener and friend gave me, a guy named Clint. It is a one of those cool ass hard hats that has two spaces for alcoholic beverages on the side with a straw connecting them, running down towards the mouth. And so I am. It's a beer helmet. It's a beer helmet, but I've you described aren't using it perfectly. It for beer. <laughs> You don't say, it's a sunset, Greg. You talk about the colors and the motions that it makes you feel. I don't know. Sunsets just give me indigestion.
1: <laughs> mm. It's too much.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a little too much. But I do have, I have two Trulys feeding into my mouth at the same time through one straw. It's a pretty ingenious invention. It's going to make me feel real good, and it's probably going to make this end product amazing. Just fantastic. The more alcohol I'm getting myself, the faster I can do it. Probably gonna be better for you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and within 30 seconds, I'm gonna have this thing off my head because it's already giving me back problems. Just sitting here with this fucking thing on my head.
1: But here we go. I'm really upset that you have two limes mm-hmm. in that and you didn't mix the flavors. Just to see what would happen. You <laughs> vanilla fucking baby back
0: bitch. <laughs> I'm not that adventurous. This is this is my wild story. This is what I'll tell on my deathbed. I drank two trulys at once. That's the wild part of the story. Like my grandson, well, a grandson who is attributed to me, but we all know is not mine, uh, will <laughs> say, Grandpa, did you mix the flavors? And like, what the fuck out of here. What's wrong with you goddamn liberal? Because, you know, everything progresses that way as you move through forward through history. So sure. he's yeah. Right. So but that just sounds crazy to me. I'm going to sound like an old, crazy conservative to him with uh, just my, my same flavored trulys that I'm drinking at the same time.
1: <laughs> like when Abe Lincoln was like, you know what? I think we're going to do away with this whole slavery thing. People around him were like, oh, fucking lib cuck. <laughs> and that will be us one day. It will be. We won't be advocating
0: for slavery, but maybe something equal as bad. Yep, my grandson's going to be look, looking at me and he's like, why'd you eat a double cheeseburger? He's like, because it's fucking delicious that- and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Cow lives don't matter. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Okay. Vicomtes marie Josephine Rose-Tachier de la Préjory who Napoleon would simply call Josephine. Thank God. And we will continue to do for the rest <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Um, She was born in Martinique in 1763. Her family arrived in Paris in 1780. And she was soon married to a dude named Alexander who constantly shit on her because her teeth were all blackened stubs. And she was incredibly undereducated. Also, it was his
0: fetish. The shitting.
1: He had a poop fetish. Mm -hmm. Still... When Alexander was arrested in 1794, she courageously tried, and failed, to save him from the guillotine. She was also arrested, but was released from prison following the execution of Robespierre, again, episode 35.
0: Cost you three bucks. But it's worth it.
1: Oh, is that one on Patreon Mm -hmm. only? Yep. (laughs) You fucking scrubs. (laughs) hanging out the side of your best friend's ride, trying to holler at my older episodes.
0: (laughs) Doubt it. The scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly, but he doesn't have access to old episodes. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, It took me a year and a half to write that, so give me a break, man. Josephine immediately started looking for a sugar daddy.
1: Get in line, bitch. <laughs> right?
0: <know. laughs> where the fuck do I get one of those? Yeah. All I've got is
1: aspartame daddy, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of them $30,000 a year millionaires <laughs> Yeah, right. club. It's like, yeah, I'll take you out for a steak dinner, but it has to be one of those places where you show your own peanuts while you wait on your food to get there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> She hooked up with a married
1: general who refused to leave his wife for her, which, uh, you know, it's... Baby. Uh, trust me. I'm just waiting for the t- for the timing, you
0: know? Mm-hmm. Got the kids, and yeah, it's you know, I don't want to scar them for life. Mm-hmm. They've never seen Daddy in a dress. They don't understand where I'm going through, so... You know, let's give it some time. Let's, you know, let me figure out how I'm going to uh, broach this subject with them. You know, they, they're they they're still young. They haven't experienced this kind of thing. I mean, it's 1794. Surely mm-hmm. this
1: will be accepted 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. 1894.
0: For nobody's sure. Nobody's
1: going to have a problem with sexuality or um, gender variations or anything like that. Right. I just have to live 100 years from right now <laughs> and everything
0: will be okay. Baby, baby, all I'm asking is you give me a century. That's all I'm asking. That's all I want. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. You know, I I took you to that place where they sh- you shell your own peanuts. That's pretty fantastic, right? You know, <laughs> don't <laughs> eat an appetizer bread. Pfft, what? No, you're getting your protein that way, and I'll give you my protein later. What? No, I'm s- I'm sorry. I'm We're just all try- just shucking nuts here, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the nut of life and true love.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how you convince them. Yep. Carrying on. Well, then Josephine got with a politician named Paul Barros, but it didn't work out. Then in late 1795, she strolled into Napoleon's office to request the return of her dead husband's sword. (laughs) (laughs) I got a sword for you. That's wholly inappropriate. Point me to your HR department. (laughs) We don't don't have one. one. (laughs) I've been abusing sick leave like it's going out of fucking (laughs) style, baby.
0: (laughs) you going on a date, I'll call in sick, baby. I don't care. Let's do it. Uh
1: When Napoleon instantly fell in love with Josephine, uh, it wasn't exactly mutual. She looked at Napoleon, who had yellow skin, long, unkept hair, and mm, scabies. (laughs) Not that she probably saw that, but, uh, you know. Didn't exactly get a lady boner over that whole sitch, right? But she was broke as fuck, and her looks were fading with age, so she said, "Hmm, screw it. The two of them were married on March 6,
0: 1796. Yes, Greg, and little known fact, not only was Napoleon rough-looking, he was also really, really bad at talking to women, if you didn't already get that impression from the letters he sent to his past girlfriend. Uh, One of his icebreakers was to ask ladies if they had kids and then to ask them if they breastfed themselves. And he would do so using terms that weren't considered like socially polite at the time. There had to be like, hey, you let that kid suckle at that milk bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, sir, I I just met you. Um, um Here's your, your change. Would you like anything else from the gas station? Maybe that titty bucket. I don't know. <laughs> Napoleon
1: had actually showed up two hours late to his own wedding because he had been in a meeting with the directory, which was a board of five politicians that basically ran the entire country. Yeah,
0: th- this is the group that replaced the uh, public safety committee that Rose had been running. That's these guys.
1: Episode 35, Patreon, give us money. <laughs> They needed somebody to lead the army of Italy and launch an attack in the northern part of that country, while other armies attacked western and southern. Uh, today, what is Germany? Right. It was Prussia and other things then, but yeah,
0: geographically, just trying to give you a good reference point. Yeah, and, and just to address something right here, but something gave me a confused brain while I was reading. Uh, when they say, like, army of italy and army of england that's not the army of those countries so if you hear us say that stuff that's that's not what that is that's the army that is intended to attack that area like you'll be the french army of italy sort of you know
1: yeah and and that was extremely confusing to me because i my book i was doing audiobook Mm -hmm. and it was talking about army of italy and but they're attacking Italy. i was like what the fuck is going on here So, it it took me a little bit, too. Yeah. I have COVID brain, even though I never had COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I think they might call that just dumb, but...
0: uh, (laughs) Fuck you, listener!
1: (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) Well, Napoleon was only given 40,000 francs for the entire campaign, which... That was actually less than what they paid him
0: in an entire year's salary. Right, yeah. And that was supposed to finance the entire thing. That would be like someone, the manager that Quick Trip asked me to invade Mexico for like twelve grand a year. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, but uh, free hot dogs though, right? Do I still get those health bennies? Because <laughs> if I get them health bennies, I'm in. Babe. I don't care. I got so much shit wrong with me. My twenties <laughs> were not kind. They were not kind.
1: <laughs> well, Napoleon was super psyched to finally have command of an entire army. His main enemy in northern Italy would be the Austrians and the Piedmontese. These two armies were led by 70-year-old dudes, and the alliance was tenuous at fucking absolute best. Yeah. In planning for the invasion, Napoleon devised what would become his go-to tactic, which has since become known as the strategy of the central position. Basically, it meant that he would keep his army positioned between two forces and would strike at one of those forces... Then the other one before they could join up. It's kinda like a reverse pincer tactic.
0: Yeah. And it's not really something that would work in modern day because it relies oh, on a fuck lack no. Yeah. It relies on a complete lack of communication. So like every time he would fight someone, he'd send like a, a diversionary attack against one force and then launch the main thrust against another. The other force thinks they're attacking Napoleon's main army, so they slow down, they set up everything while he destroys the other side and then swings around and destroys the other side. And, you know, I think, not to get back to Hitler, but he kind of proved that was impossible to do with the Blitzkrieg, where he basically perfected the double pincher movement and was able to sweep around real fast with the artillery and tanks and then close the gap with the infantry. Like, you couldn't do it. I – I don't think you could do a strength of central position right now in modern day. No, definitely
1: not. And maybe we're getting a, a little ahead of ourselves here, mm-hmm. uh, begging the question, but this 100% would not work today. Right. Communication would immediately thwart this. But Napoleon, I feel like, was a great mastermind of the battlefield. Yeah, I do and too. And so – Obviously, he wouldn't be trying this shit today. I'm sure he would have something else that, that would, you know, yeah.
0: be able to work today. Yeah, say so. what you will about this dude, and there's a lot of shady shit that happens going forward in this story, but he was a tactical genius. He really was. Just the basics of establishing a good supply line and increasing his men's uh, morale were things that future generals would completely ignore and it would cost him later. Uh, he's great at the morale.
1: Yeah, he, he really is. Would double the uh, enemy casualties and then about by half. Oh, yeah. With, mark their own casualties. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: he, with his lies and shit. did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. he was a genius. Which, that also goes to the politics. hmm And I feel like maybe you and I are a little split on this, but I think he was a master politician.
0: I do, too. But, you know, we've talked about this before in our Washington series where Washington was kind of like, one of my historical idols, where he was like, I don't want the power. You know, I really want, don't want this shit. Like, please send me home. Oh, Napoleon wanted it. Yeah, Napoleon wanted it. He so. wanted it so hard. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we'll explain all of that going forward. You got two and a half more episodes, listener. Calm the fuck yeah. down. Yeah, slow down. Slow down. You're getting excited. You're going to finish way too soon. Then I'd be all by myself. i am like, make a sandwich or some shit. Now, you need to figure this out. Just slow down. <laughs> slow down. Let's take it easy. Let's just... We're still in the... Listening in to Marvin Gaye, and, you know, like, talking Set about the our mood, feelings. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we're still there.
1: We'll get there. Mm. We'll get there. We're not at the, uh,
0: come Pac-Man sandwich era right. yet. We're not at the kick you out and don't tell my wife phase <laughs> yet. We'll get there. Trust me. They're getting here early. Get the fuck out. (laughs) I'm still having dinner with my family. Jesus Christ, they're supposed to be gone in five minutes. You couldn't wait? God, what is wrong with you? And go wax that beard. It looks very unkempt. What's wrong with you?
1: (laughs) Well, I will tell you what's wrong with me, Chris. On April 11th, 1796, the French encountered the Austrians at the Piedmont city of Montanate. It was a quick battle in which the Austrians lost 2,500 men to only 800 French casualties. The next day, Napoleon won a battle at Malesimo, and the day after that, he took the village of Dago. Whoa! You can't say that. It's a slur. I didn't say the town of (laughs) WAP. In three days, the Austrians and Piedmontese lost over 5,700 men.
0: Well, thankfully, he never captured the village of Massimo, because we still got those sweet-ass t-shirts in the late 90s. Hell yeah. Badass. Hot Bit- topic. Yeah.
1: Rue 21. Mm. Got that weird S thing that you
0: draw on the binder. Jinko mm-hmm. mm. jeans. Those are making a comeback. What'd you call them? Jinko
1: Gene Co. You know what it stands for? Gene Co? No. Gene Company. <laughs> you son of a bitch.
0: God damn, I feel so stupid now. GeneCo. <laughs> this guy, right? Listeners? No wonder what no, no one would guy. date me in the late 90s. That's the only reason they would never talk to me. <laughs> I was mispronouncing what I was wearing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> had nothing to do with what I was wearing.
0: Nothing to do with the face riddle of acne, the failed frosted tips, you know, me just constantly quoting Shrek movies. Like, oh, what The is- fact that I wouldn't let look anybody in the
1: eye, mm-hmm. it was none mm-hmm. of that. It was because I internalized it as
0: Ah, <laughs> <sighs> It all makes sense. Now Becky will go to the Everclear concert with me. Can Call her up. Uh, Everclear Concert
1: Father of mine Singing a song about my dad (laughs) Every song's about my dad (laughs) I don't have any daddy issues Here's another
0: song about my dad This is the only album you'll ever hear Disappear after 2000 Well,
1: a week later, following yet another devastating loss The Piedmontese sued for peace and they lost in court because it was a frivolous lawsuit. I I can't <laughs> stop doing that you dumb hate the joke. Suit I'm for peace. sorry. You hate it. I,
0: <laughs> like I got Johnny Cochran yes. out there, you know. Just
1: <laughs> and this all goes back to um, the gloves that Napoleon pulled off that dead grenadier. Mm-hmm. You know, put them on, but he did the whole Johnny Cochran routine, like if the glove does not fit. You must quit. <laughs> and Piedmontese, they were like, well, okay. Yeah. Fucking open and shut case. This guy got OJ off, I mean. Yeah, and then
0: he got him out of the conviction. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> you son
1: of a bitch.
0: <laughs> oh, we have to do a show on that one. I know it's not real history, but that one drives me crazy too. OJ. You know,
1: I hear you for sure and i definitely have a big issue with the whole oj controversy yeah. like number 1 um sunny d that's not real orange juice <laughs>
0: it's not so <laughs> you son of a bitch you son of a bitch i was getting I have ready a lot for things to add to this topic <laughs> i was getting ready for real conversations we don't have those and you open up the fridge it's like we got some purple stuff OJ, Oh, Sonny D. <laughs> oh, Sonny D. Reaching in the back. <laughs> yeah.
1: These stupid listeners, they think we're actually like genuine friends. We're fucking business partners. We don't just have conversations.
0: <laughs> right. Everything's about the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the
1: Piedmontese sued for peace. And they lost because it was a... Fr- uh, I, I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, no, we
1: can't do that again. <laughs> In his terms, Napoleon demanded a secret clause that said that he be given access to the bridge over the river Po at Balenza because he knew that this information would be leaked to the Austrians, who would then defend the bridge while he crossed way upriver. Genius. Mm-hmm. In May, he crossed the Po and encountered the Austrians at Lodi and quickly forced them to retreat after a bloody battle over that bridge. Five days later, he captured the city of Milan. Do I sound learned when I say Milan and not
0: just Milan? You sound like someone trying to pretend like they know something about fashion. You sound like someone! You attended that show in Milan. Mm. 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 I'm a character on Schitt's Creek. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're the mom from Schitt's Creek and I saw the latest fashion from Milan and it's basically... You just wear a condom at all times. (laughs) I love how her name
1: is extra. Yeah. (laughs) I was talking to a a mutual buddy that we have earlier about that. Moira. Yeah, Moira. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. Well, all the while, Napoleon was sending letters back to the directory, telling them how great things were going. And you know, maybe lying about casualty numbers to make himself look better. I don't know. You know, I, don't know. Ah, I don't know. And while he was having military success, his marriage to Josephine was already kind of a joke. For two weeks, he wrote her letters begging her to join him in Italy and whining about how she never wrote him, even though a good woman would write at least twice a day to their husbands.
0: How much does he think is happening in her day? living in France, living off his fortune, and she has something that happened between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. that she needs to discuss with him. Oh, I saw a dog today. Do you not have text messaging on your phone, Chris? I do, but I don't get any texts. Okay, well,
1: then you know that the wife will
0: incessantly text you about every happening in their day. The only time she texts me is when I forget to turn off my GPS tracking and she finds out where I really am. are like, not... Again, I can't fucking believe you've done this to me again. <laughs> and then I get home and I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that. I forgot to respond. I'm sorry. I was I was busy. She's like, I, I bet you fucking were. I bet you were. Um, but other than that, no. <laughs> so I, she doesn't text me more than once a day. That's all I'm saying. Like, that's, that's the extent of it. So this is a little bit extra. This is a little nah, bit you're right. needy. If my wife texts
1: me more than once a day... Something is wrong Right Yeah Very very wrong She needs a ride you know, <laughs> She's probably Drunk outside of a bar mm-hmm. It's like I thought you were Going with your work buddies Yeah you know, they they all left mm-hmm. This kind of man This kind Tanned Ripped Man with a tight shirt He was nice enough to Take care of me in the parking lot Until Until you got here <laughs> Okay honey Well just Get in the
0: minivan <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: she made me sell my juke for a minivan oh yeah we don't even have kids the nice thing is she can drive while you sit in the back and watch door they explore that's what i have found you sit there and enjoy some nice entertaining shows learn about shapes and colors it, it kind of releases the anxiety you know lets you suppress the fact you know what she was actually doing in that parking lot just push it further down further down where the cum goes <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, listener.
0: (laughs) Couldn't help myself. It's the same thing he told his wife. (laughs) Well,
1: Josephine had zero intention of coming. (laughs) Oh! Even if she wanted to. (laughs) And so she told Napoleon she couldn't travel because she was pregnant. Uh, This pisses me off. With Ricardo's baby. Yeah from the parking lot that's my <laughs> wife
0: fuck <laughs> that's why you she made you get the minivan right <laughs> yeah you know you're gonna talk about it in a second but i i do feel like she was lying about this and it it makes me irrationally upset just fucking tell him you don't want to come so I'll be like uh i can't i got a baby in me i'll just hang out here in paris you know no big deal right <laughs> no big deal have fun in italy Uh, you fucking cuck, bitch. It's hard to express muttering in a letter, but I feel like she could have pulled it off. You just have to start writing, like, tinily. Tiny, smaller and smaller. Tinily. (laughs) Tinily. Funny enough, that's how she described Napoleon's dick. Tinily. I don't even think you can call it a dick at that point, right? (laughs) Right. It's a
1: weenie yeah (laughs) it's vienna sausage one time my wife referred to uh my penis as a penis and i was offended (laughs) i was like you don't fucking call it that (laughs) well what am i supposed to call it monster dong and that's it godzilla jr come on (laughs) (laughs) maybe little boy you know that was a Yeah, that was an atomic That was an atomic bomb,
0: dude. (laughs) Look at that little boy.
1: No! I've changed my
0: mind. You will not call it that. Greg, I love your little boy penis. Nope. (laughs) Don't combine them. You shouldn't combine them. (laughs) Don't ever
1: tell anybody that, babe. You're gonna get arrested. Well, in the end, no one knows if Josephine was actually pregnant and had a miscarriage, or if she was just lying because she didn't want to go to Italy. Either way, there wasn't an even littler Napoleon born that year. You know, because he was little and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Get it, listener? We do know that by this point in their two-month-old marriage, she had already started having dirty sexual intercourse with a handsome, funny, 24-year-old dude named Hippolyta Charelle.
0: I will forever see that name as Hippolyte Charles, by the way. I, there's nothing I can do with my American brain to change that. It is spelled Hippolyte Charles, but it is
1: pronounced the French way. Hippolyta Charelle. Whatever. Ladies, if you're looking for a, a Frenchman... Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not that, <laughs> and uh, I can't really French kiss. I just kind of circle my tongue around the outside of your lips <laughs> over and over. But if you're a hot lady and
0: maybe happen to have a penis, hit me up in the comments. <laughs> it is fun to watch guests come to his house because he like jumps on them, and starts licking their face, and like humping their leg until he finishes. It's it's endearing, really. The one time he let me come over, before he said, no, we have to do this over Zoom. You're not in my home anymore.
1: The good old days. Yeah. Well, back in Milan, the Italians were hailing Napoleon as a liberator. After driving out the Austrians, he immediately implemented a government that got rid of tariffs, outlawed nobility, imposed religious freedom, and closed Jewish ghettos to allow them to live wherever they wanted. This would be a running theme throughout his campaign in Italy. He continued to march towards Austria. Next up on the to do list was the fortified city of Mantua. This one actually took some time, and the siege of the city would last all the way into February of 1797. The Austrians launched multiple relief efforts to try and end the siege, but each one failed because each time they split their forces, Napoleon executed the strategy of central position over and over again. While all of this was going on, the Directory was getting pissy with him because he was doing whatever he wanted, like negotiating treaties and refusing to invade Naples, like they asked. And Napoleon was getting pissy because Josephine had stopped writing him and still hadn't decided to head to Italy. She finally hopped in a carriage and headed east on June 26th with a few
0: friends and fellow Napoleon supporters. Oh, he finally gets to spend time with his wife. That's exciting. Just him and her. Just having a good time.
1: Oh. And she brought her boy toy, Hippolita Charel. Hmm. Hippolyte Charles. <laughs> Thank you. A son of a bitch. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Well, she and Charell would disappear on holidays in Italy quite often, but she was still pretty good at keeping Napoleon from becoming suspicious. She laughed at all of his jokes. They tickled each other constantly. And she even let him sit in her lap at the breakfast table. And you know, Chris, like researching this, this, uh, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe my wife is having an affair? What? What? No. I, you know, like, just hearing this and the fact that, you know, she, she has a live-in boyfriend that sleeps in our bed and I have to stay in the podcast room on the couch.
0: You know, oh. I don't know. It's just... You know what? That's It that's makes a sh- man think. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's just your own insecurities. I'm sure nothing is happening. You know? She still lets you sit in her lap while she tickles you. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. I think it is my yeah. own insecurities. And it, uh, you know what? Yeah, you
1: you are right. Because that's what she said. Mm-hmm. She said, This is just because your dad told you you had a tiny penis. <laughs> said, yeah, that is true. Yeah. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> well, following the fall of Mantua, Napoleon moved into southern Austria. The Austrians, so, you know, throw another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> who were more worried about the French attacking them in Germany, quickly asked for an armistice. And I like that phrasing, asked for an armistice. Didn't sue for peace. Didn't sue for peace. It's much friendlier to ask for an armistice. Yeah. In less than a year, Napoleon had crossed the Alps, defeated the Piedmontese, and defeated six Austrian armies while killing or capturing over... 120,000 Austrians in the process,
0: all before he turned 28 Earth years old. (laughs) I'm going to start saying that when someone asks how old I am. I am 40 of your human Earth (laughs) years. Napoleon continued
1: to piss off the Directory. He threatened Venice with war and encouraged uprisings in the city, which led to their surrender and payment to the French. He negotiated his own unauthorized peace treaties, including the one with the Austrians. He created new countries out of captured territories, and he allowed monarchies to remain in place as long as they were willing to pay France a settlement. But the German campaign was sucking big booty butts, and he was making the country a lot of money, so, you know, he couldn't really do anything, but hope he didn't become too much of a national hero, because... Well, things might go south at that point.
0: Won't happen. No fucking way it happens. No way he's going to
1: worship this guy. When he returned home to France, Napoleon instantly became a national hero. God damn it. God,
0: fuck. God, God. you just said it. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He bought a house on a street named Rue Chantrenat, which was renamed Rue de la Victoire in his honor. He was cheered and toasted at parties and had to travel incognito so he wasn't mobbed by adoring fans.
0: Yeah, and little known fact, Gregory, that house in Paris that he bought, it would only cost him 54,000 francs at the time. Now his lovely, caring and supporting wife, Josephine, she would spend over 300,000 francs redecorating it. It's like the guy who buys the... 1989 Buick LeSabre he just puts, you know, giant wheels on it Fantastic system Donk it out, baby Yeah, yeah. And they gets stolen And he tries to claim all that with his insurance He's like, it was a 1989 LeSabre Okay, I'll slow down Alright, it's worth six <laughs> bucks
1: <laughs> Well, the directory Began planning for Napoleon to attack Egypt The idea was If they captured Egypt They could disrupt the English trade Throughout the Mediterranean for them, it was a win win idea. Either Napoleon would conquer Egypt for France, or he'd lose and his reputation would suffer. Things continued to suck with Josephine. Or, more honestly, they stopped sucking.
0: They started sucking. <laughs> if you sucking know what I mean. <laughs> Hippolyte Charles, am I right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> While Napoleon had been in Italy, she and Hippolyta Sherelle as Chris just said, had done some insider trading to make profits off of a company that was contracted to provide equipment to the army. She denied it, and nothing really came of it, but it did result in her writing a letter to Cherelle telling him that she hated Napoleon, only loved Cherelle, and asked him if he could send her a mirror, one25 Million francs
0: <laughs> No big deal. I uh, no baby, more.
1: I can only send you uh, one charelle. <laughs>
0: uh, big fan of Franks, baby. I like Franks. <laughs> Come on. Napoleon's like, Aren't Franks tiny wieners? Cause Hello. <laughs> We're married. In May of 1798, Napoleon set out for
1: Egypt with a little over fifty thousand soldiers. By July, he was in Alexandria and captured the city with incredible ease. A week later, they began a 150-mile march to Cairo. This was not so easy. There were flies, mosquitoes, snakes, scorpions, sandstorms, and marauding tribesmen who would pick off stragglers. Sand people.
0: From Star Wars. That's what I was thinking of.
1: That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> okay. Just couldn't remember their name Tuscan.
0: Tuscans. That's, there you go. Tuscan yeah. Raiders. Yeah. That's it.
1: The wells along the road were poisoned or filled with stones, and the whipping sand and glare from the sun blinded hundreds of men. Fucking idiots. Put on sunglasses. <laughs> During this march, the tribe known as the Mamluks attacked the French several times, but they were easily repelled by the French square formations that they had never seen before. In June, Napoleon's friend Junot gave him a letter that revealed Josephine's affair. No one is sure who wrote the letter or how his friend even got it, nor do we really know why he decided to spill the beans, other than the year before that wacky prankster old Hippolyta Charelle had glued Junot's
0: sword inside the scabbard. <laughs> He won't eat it. Tries to pull out and like there's an advancing Austrian. God, that cocksucker. I'm going to tell Napoleon what's going on next time I see him.
1: Hey, that's all it takes sometimes. (laughs) Napoleon was, you know, he's naturally upset, but he was even more upset that practically everyone in Paris already knew and they were talking about it. (laughs) They were. Spreading (laughs) the fucking rumor. (laughs) Like when you're the last person to find out about Even just a tiny rumor. Yeah. You get that, you know, flush red,
0: like, oh, God. But imagine (sighs) it's on this scale. Right? Yeah. That's why I hope my kid never finds out the horrible truth about me and her mother. Just hope she doesn't find out the truth. And then, you know, it's all embarrassing for her. It's a sham wedding and, you know, not really my daughter. And, you know. Your
1: wife. Now has a penis. You now
0: have a vagina. Yeah, makes it's things a whole really thing. weird. I'm saving that for her her senior year when she's getting ready to graduate, just to uh,
1: when yeah. she's valedictorian and they have the parent come on stage to say something. Yeah, that's saving that's what they that. do.
0: That's what they do. Yes, <laughs> saving it for that exact moment. <laughs> I'm saving it for her wedding night. When I give the speech. You know. <laughs>
1: Let's have our first dance, baby. It's fucking Q Lazarus
0: goodbye horses. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is tucking her giant penis, revealing it in a kimono. <laughs> I got mine lopped off. She got one added. <laughs> I don't know why it's so much bigger than the one I got lopped off. My daughter's like, well, now your wedding speech about how you got to mix things up, keep it fresh. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense now.
1: Napoleon soon took Cairo and allowed the citizens of France to visit the troops. This is when he met Pauline Forêt, the 20-year-old wife of Lieutenant Jean-Noël Forêt. Within days, Napoleon was having the most sex with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he then sent Lieutenant Forêt on a three-month trip to Paris, but a ship was captured by the English, and he was sent back to Egypt after only 10 days. <laughs>
0: That's always awkward. That's the, oh, I thought you were going to be gone for some. You said you were going to pick up groceries and you're going to do all this other stuff. And you came home and, you know, I've got this cucumber in my butt. (laughs) Yeah, this is the first time I've done this. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. Please don't leave me.
1: Why is there a crochet condom on the cucumber? It can't (laughs) get you pregnant. Number one, you're a man. (laughs) Number two, it's in your butt. And number three, it's a crochet condom. <laughs> Everything gets through that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and number four, it's
0: a vegetable. <laughs> I just wanted to see what it felt like. I don't, I don't know. You know, we've been, we've been married for so long, and it's the idea. I mean, the three times a year we have sex, it's always the same two positions alternated until you tell me you're bored and I have to leave the room so you can finish your business. So I just wanted to try something new, you know? I just wanted to mix it up.
1: Well, Chris, one of the positions is me pegging you from the back. <laughs> that, that hardly qualifies. <laughs> the you other one not. is you sucking the strap on Dildo.
0: <laughs> so, like I said, two positions. Well, I forgot about the third position, which is me sitting in the corner crying. Well, you tell me how <laughs> inferior I am, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no. I just wanted to mix it up. Just want to try something new. Fuck me, right? Please, I'm trying to be adventurous. Please, <laughs> fuck me, right? Hard and at
1: 110 beats per minute. Please, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Set <Except> the metronome. <laughs> it hits the. Uh... As you call it, the cum button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In your ass. God, you're disgusting. And you're why nobody listens to this podcast. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, when Jean Noël Fauré got back, he found out that Pauline was living with Napoleon and everyone was calling her Cleopatra. He divorced her immediately and she became Napoleon's full time mistress. Having captured the majority of Egypt, Napoleon set his sights on Syria and wrote letters to the directory saying he had plans to press on to India. In reality, he was about to suffer one of his greatest defeats, but that would only be a stepping stone on his journey to power. And if you want to learn about that, you're, well, you're going to have to come back next week when
0: we'll continue this wild and wacky story. Woo! We did it, partially. We have partially done it. We've started things. We've got that ball rolling, you know? We're pick it up next week. Like Sisyphus? Yeah, yeah. Just That's pretty much it, yeah. Pushing it
1: up the mountain, and it falls back down, and we just do it again, week after
0: week. Yeah, you, you basically just described podcasting overall, you know, just... Keep trying. Someday we'll make it big. Someday we'll get over the top of that hill. And then, you know, falls back down and you, you find yourself doing a history of baseball or some bullshit episode to try and appeal to a broader audience. I don't know. And your family's like,
1: what What are you doing with your life? What? <laughs> that? Yeah. They've heard you make all these self-deprecating jokes about being cucked in life. And yes, jokes. Like, yeah. yeah
0: well,
1: is it all worth it? <laughs> Inside, no, <laughs> no. Outside, you're like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really feel like we're about to break through. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Inside, it's just the Darth Vader. No, the whole way. Just, no. <laughs> and outside, it's like, yeah, know, we, we we got three more listeners last week, so you know, just keep pushing that boulder. You know, we're we're gonna make progress. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get there. Pushing get that come button. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Well, it is time once again. Four FAST, Fast facts. FACTS! FAST FACT Number 1 When Napoleon returned to the French military in 1792, he was made a captain. But he demanded they make him a lieutenant general because that had been his title in the Corsican National Guard. And they just looked at him and did that French laugh that we all love and know of Ho, 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 ho. It's also the job of the hut laugh. Your turn. Fast fact
1: number two. As a general, Napoleon was the ultimate micromanager. In just nine months, in 1796, he had sent over 800 dispatches detailing everything from troop movements to uniform requirements. He even wrote where drummer boys should stand in victory
0: parades and the order of songs they should play. Fast Fact Number 3 During his Italy and Egypt campaigns, Napoleon stole pretty much any and all art that wasn't nailed down and he sent it back to Paris to be displayed in a museum. That is why today you will find priceless Renaissance artworks from Italy inside the Louvre Art Museum in Paris. Fast Fact Number 4
1: Napoleon often spoke to and joked with his infantry on an individual level. On the march through the Egyptian desert, one soldier, who was exhausted from trying to push a cannon through the sand, said, Well, General, are you going to take us to India like this? Napoleon smiled and replied, No! I wouldn't undertake that with soldiers such as you!
0: Alright, well that does it for part one of Napoleon. I hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week. When his story will continue, maybe a continuance of his rise to power. You know, maybe a little bit of a, you know, emperorship, Maybe a downfall. Maybe a return to power. Ah,
1: yeah. A who knows? Setback.
0: Ah, you know who. Knows? Yeah. Hope you really like that. I I feel like we nailed the first part of that story. Humans, you can find us social media at one zero zero proof history. Pretty much everywhere, but. We've told you this before and I'll tell you again, we like to stick to the Instagram because, you know, it's just easier and there's a lot less political stuff and nobody really fights with you on Instagram. They just like stuff and move on and, uh, you feel good about yourself. So that's mostly where you'll find us. you also find us at hundredproofhistory.com where you can find a catalog of our old episodes and you can find a link to our Patreon where you can find the even older episodes, uh, over a hundred old episodes very cool stuff we hope you consider joining that's all I have Greg I am sputtering I'm just stalling out here do you have anything else for these humans I think
1: your seltzer hat is fucking ridiculous and it has contributed to your current state I do Uh not approve Mm -hmm. but ultimately in the end
0: uh I love it thank you I do too And, and men goodbye Well, Greg, I quit the podcast. I'll see you next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> see you when you beg me back again. Because <laughs> they're not listening. They don't respect me. That's why you beat them.
1: <laughs> Take it from a man that doesn't have kids. Yes. I'll give but you I some know how to parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> In 17 of 84, tip- uh, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Call nine one one.
0: In September in September. Hey, I went to the Italian auto way. <laughs> uh, Mario fucked your mom. <laughs> your dad just thinks he's your dad. <laughs> well, I put Vaseline on there so I wouldn't look so hideous. I
1: don't know, it just seems a little blurry. Maybe uh get your <laughs> shirt and wipe off the no, not right now. Uh, generally. Maybe get your shirt and wipe off maybe there's a smudge. Or something? Oh yeah. Mm, give me that zippel, daddy. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't maybe um it caught, doesn't look on the right uh maybe cotton it in the right fabric to do it with. Maybe whatever you're wearing for your underwear. Maybe that would be good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jokes on you. <laughs>